Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. I need that kick today. Today is, say it with me, Friday! Woo! <laughs> uh, April 29th, for all intents and purposes, not for all intensive purposes, which is how some students hear it, uh, the end of April. I mean, we get tomorrow, but if today is actually your Friday and your last work day of the week, it's pretty much the end of April. So, uh, amazing. Huh? First third of 2022 over. Has it been fast for you or slow? Um, a lot of people, it seems like, been having, you know, not a great year so far, even though things are better. You know, we're opening up from pandemic and everything. Um, people still coping, coping with all the things, right? So let's see. Uh, things are good here. We have a little bit of haze from the fires, a little bit of smoke haze, and um, very cold, tumbling wind this morning. I tried to go out to the grape arbor, and it was um, yeah, too too chilly. Too uh, you know, with the high walls around the garden, it's usually more protected, but not this morning. So I am being a weenie and being inside. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of what do I have to tell you? I think I'm a little tired today. I kind of hit tired yesterday afternoon. I've hit 10,000 words for the week. I was thinking I should turn this off. Okay. Uh, I'm at 67,500 on this book and yeah, I've done over 10,000 words this week, a little bit more, 11,000 if you count a couple of blog posty type things that I've done. Um, so yeah, so the question is, it's not really a question. Uh, I, I've been doing slightly more than 2,500 each day just by like 50 words to get myself back on trap track to finish um, on May 13th is the day I want to be done drafting so that I can then spend the week of May 16th doing a full revision and the following week doing a proof. I'm doing something different this time. Did I mention this? I am, I'm going to do my own proofing. Usually I pay a proofreader. It's funny, as time goes on, I stop paying so many editors. <laughs> I'm turning into these authors that I uh, speak out against saying that everybody needs an editor. But I do think everybody needs an editor, except now I think I don't. <laughs> um, I've stopped paying a developmental editor, partly because it's expensive. It added several weeks into the drafting time. 
And I didn't feel like I was getting that much out of it. I didn't feel like um, the editors I was paying to give me content edits were really changing all that much about the story or the things that they were changing. I wasn't convinced that it was making them all that much better. Which is kind of a funny place to be, but if I have doubts, I have my crit partners or beta readers read. And um, since everybody uses those words interchangeably, I think it's just out of fashion to say crit partner. Uh, nobody seems to use that word anymore. I think maybe it's the, the shit sandwich thing. You know, nobody wants to use the word criticism anymore. <clears throat> Shake my cane. Shake my wand. Oh, and it chimed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so whoever. Having someone read to give me content substantive feedback on the book. Um, probably I should do that. I do every once in a while, but it's when I have doubts. So I had gone to having someone proofread the book who's also would give me copy edits. And one thing I found in doing my big reread of the Heirs of Magic books, because I read the prequel novella and the first three in order to write this book for, and I kept finding mistakes. And I know that there's, you know, mistakes are always going to get through, but I was trying to decide, I mean, I write pretty clean copy. I'm, I'm fortunate that way that I'm a good speller and I know the punctuation and grammar rules, you know, and I always say that I don't know commas. I think comma rules are arbitrary. So I was thinking, oh, and then one other thing happened is that now I have all three bonds of magic books in audio. Uh, Gray Magic is still waiting to go live, but my audiobook narrator sent me lists of like errors and typos that she found because reading it out loud, she catches those things. And my proofreader was adding five days into the process, which, and she was doing a great job. Um, you know, really nothing against her. I know that things are always going to slip through. But on this book, I thought I would experiment and see because I know I want to make sure to catch everything to wind up this series and possibly this world. I don't know if I'll write in this world again. Um, yeah, we'll see. But I'm, I'm feeling like maybe that's enough for this world for the moment anyway. So if I spend a week revising this book and then I thought, well, if I did my own proofing, if I spend four days, the week of May 23rd, reading the book out loud, then I should be able to catch all the typos. I can look up any of the formatting or grammatical stuff that I'm not entirely certain of and save myself some money and also give myself that final chance to go through because I find things like those word echoes on those awkward phrasings. So this is my experiment. I'm going to see if that 
extra pass of reading aloud um, will add anything to my revision process. So um, let's see. It seemed like I something happened on Thursday yesterday that I wanted to tell you about. Hold on. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I suppose anything that happened Wednesday I would have talked about yesterday. Uh, I did notice looking at my calendar. I was trying to figure out what all I've been doing the last few days. Who knows? Playing on the streets, obviously. Uh, but shout out to Agent Sarah. Uh, it is her birthday today. Happy birthday, Sarah. Sarah Younger at Nancy Yost Literary Agency who works her butt off for her clients. And I say this, um, I think it's easy for people to say that, uh, you know, and it's authors develop certain lingo that then other authors imitate um, wanting to sound like real authors, you know, and they're like, oh, my amazing agent. I remember that when I was a newbie writer, uh, like this one gal I followed was always talking about and she'd always put it in capital letters. Amazing agent. I don't remember. Anastasia. It wasn't that. I don't remember who it was. And, you know, and she would just gush, you know, oh, I spoke with amazing agent. And this was in the um, newer days of Twitter when I felt like we had more conversations and got to know people. It could be people still do that, but I ended up backing away from Twitter so much. And now that Elon Musk wants to turn it into a free for all, uh, <laughs> we all, are we going to be leaving Twitter? I've been seeing some think pieces on what it means for a billionaire to own a social media marketplace like Twitter or Facebook and how that shapes the world. Question is, what are we going to do about it? Uh, somebody posted the other day about, um, that the EU has passed a law. It's like in the first stage, it hasn't been, uh, fully executed, like whatever their version of like, then, you know, starting in the Senate and having to go to the house or vice versa. Um, so it's not a thing yet, but they did pass the resolution to make the law or what have you, uh, to force companies like Amazon and Facebook and so forth to reveal their algorithms and to make them egalitarian. And people were saying, Oh, they were excited celebrating saying, you know, Amazon might finally have to reveal their algorithm to us. You know, like how are they, uh, you know, promoting some books and not others. <laughs> and I thought, uh, I didn't want to rain on their happy parade, but I was thinking it's just never going to happen. Amazon, these companies are never going to reveal their, their algorithms. Um, they're going to consider it proprietary information. They won't do it. I, I could be wrong. It's happened. Put it on the calendar. So anyway, um, how did I get there? Sometimes I wish I could replay this thing so I could find my train of thought again. Uh, Sorry, I'm a little uh, fuzzy brained today. So let's see. Algorithms, legalities. Is it gone forever? It might be. 
you guys are shouting at me. I also wish that I could hear you tell me what was I thinking about something I was going to tell you. And then I figured out, no, that, um, Sarah's birthday, I guess. Yeah, that was it. Agents. Uh, see, I can rewind mentally kind of, um, but anyway, this gal that I used to follow, you know, and people would always be like, oh, my amazing agent, this and and following her particular journey, which I've always hated my journey to publication. Uh, we don't hear that nearly so much anymore, probably because there's so much self-publishing, but especially back then, because um, we're talking more than 10 years ago now. Right. That's amazing. Uh, you know, like 2009 is when I joined Twitter things were very much about trad publishing, you know, and so people would be like posting their milestones so that, you know, like we could follow their journey from uh, pre-published to astonishingly successful. The problem with chronicling your journey to publication like that is that not everybody made it there. And that certainly happened with this gal. And I could see her being going back and forth with her agent where she would like revise her book that her agent had signed her on and the agent still didn't like it. And she would talk about, Oh, well, she was going to have to gut it again, but amazing agent Anastasia had given her, you know, all of these great notes and she was going to do it again. And, and I mean, this went on for a long time and I was thinking, and she'd never even gone on submission. And even then being, well, I wasn't entirely a baby writer because I'd been in the nonfiction circles for a long time. So I knew how publishing worked. And I was like, is she just going to keep you revising forever, chasing some goal, some uh, intangible? It wasn't clear to me like what this agent wanted her to do. And then eventually uh, she ended up parting ways with the agent. You know, and she reported this faithfully too. We've parted ways because we're just not a great fit. And, so, and this agent never took her book out on submission. So it was a live and learn kind of thing. Um, maybe that was beneficial to me that she chronicled her journey to not publishing. I don't think she ever got a book published. Anyway, um, was her agent really amazing? Was she as delighted as she wanted her chronicle to portray? Probably not. Uh, but my agent, Sarah, is a hell of a worker. Uh, she is communicative, ambitious. She takes amazing care of her clients. Uh, she is a delightful person in every way. And I know that, you know, like I'm not always an easy client to work with. Um, Neither is Grace, for that matter, uh, also one of Sarah's clients, because we are very definitive about what we need as far as making money and what we put into our self-publishing careers, which isn't always easy for an agent because, and there are some agents out there who are like, no, I don't want you to self-publish. <laughs> and Sarah doesn't ask that of us. She, she works with us and I, I appreciate her. I appreciate you, Sarah, if you listen to this. Um, yeah, they really are an amazing agent. So, um, the other exciting thing is that, uh, Lonan's War is out today in Kindle Unlimited with the new covers. I probably have to, uh, 
figure out how to brand things as far as the metadata for Kindle Unlimited readers. But because right now the ranking is really, really super low. Uh, you know, and it's interesting because, and I've said this often, right, that I feel like the Kindle Unlimited ecosystem is just a really different set of readers. And I see this all the time. I see these, um, you know, authors celebrating other authors who are like Kindle Unlimited famous that I've never heard of. And readers recommending these books and series. And they're just, these circles almost don't overlap anymore. I grew irritated with some of the science fiction and fantasy people the other day. And I won't say why. Sorry, I'm not going to spill that tea. But there are circles of snobbery in this business. And people forget that their particular circle is not the only one in the universe. And they think that because they've, they have never heard of an author that therefore what they're doing is not worthwhile. And it's not true. That's not true. So this is like so far the most abysmal release that I've had in a really long time. But I think it's because I'm so unknown to this Kindle Unlimited audience. So I'm looking on it as a challenge to, to pick it up. I was uh, venting to some of my writer friends. Hi gals. Thank you. I appreciate you yesterday because one of my longtime readers, and I mentioned this, I think on yesterday's podcast, uh, does not like the new covers for Sorcerer's Moons. And, uh, and it, it kind of got me down. And, and one of the gals said, you know, not to let it diminish my joy and, and assistant Corrine said said the same thing. Assistant Corrine is always awesome. Awesome assistant, Anastasia. <laughs> um, but yeah, this gal who was my reader said, well, that she missed the pretty covers and said, um, finished up with saying, she said it was only weapons and she wouldn't pick these up in a store. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, First of all, I mean, the first covers are always going to be there. You guys, they're, they're out there. If you love the first covers, great. Uh, but also, I'm not trying to sell this series to the people who've already read it, right? I'm trying to communicate the genre to this new group of readers. And for the record, it is not only weapons on the covers. It is, there's lots of other elements on the covers. And... And Corrine was resistant to me changing it at first too. And now even she is saying that she loves the look of the new series. It's, it's much more cohesive than it used to be. And I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, to just to reach these new readers. Uh, it's, it's exciting. So, um, yeah, Lonan's War out today. If you're in Kindle Unlimited, if you know people in Kindle Unlimited, please share. Um, I, I want to, I want to reach those fantasy romance readers, slow burn romance, uh, lots of epic fantasy and warrior stuff in it, which this was another thing when we were discussing it, when this gal said, you know, gone were the, the girls and the horses and the dragons and that it was only weapons and that it looked like masculine fantasy. And I thought, why are we correlating weapons with masculine fantasy because 
I mean, and this is someone who's read all of my books. I have female warriors, right? I, you know, I invented an entire, entire martial arts system for, uh, well, for Ursula and then uh, Kaja and Jenna Iverio all follow it. Jeff follow, follows it. Uh, and Jack does too now. They're all part of that system. And it's part of the martial, I, I, not part of, I imagined it, reimagined it for martial arts systems that I trained in. And I have weapons in my office and, and I'm a girly girl. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't like the idea that, uh, that warrior stuff is correlated only with masculine fantasy. So anyway, off I go to get my final 2,500 for the week. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Um, I hope I get to get out in the garden this weekend. That's my, my big goal for it. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm having trouble. I like hit my coffee cup with the mouse here. <laughs> this is the blooper reel. All right. Bye.